expression, expression is meditative experience, and there is an irregularity with regard to the chronology from time to time. So, um, in the chapters that precede the slaying of the Sur, this Lila, where again, following dramatic life first comes up, uh, we find Krishna in his.
his parents, as Marge, I think, was his winning in classic Asia than I, um, find themselves more attracted to their children and to their, and to their calves than previously because now um, Christians become the calves. Christians become the, uh, the cowboys and so forth. But this is, uh, Sakharas is very beautifully portrayed there. Nonetheless, it, in a, when Krishna enters into this program, the Lila, then the Sakharas is blossoming more. And in the 15th chapter of the 10th canto, uh, the Pilin Dinosaur, this showcases his Pokanda Lila up to his Kishore Lila. It ends with the, the, kind of the beginning of his Kishore Lila, as I said the other night. The end of the chapter ends with him coming back from Vrindavan and exchanging glances with the Gopikas who are waiting. And uh, much is uh, transmitted, if you will, in, in such a uh, glance. Exchange of um, eyes, exchange of hearts, I can say, through the audience. So, um, beautiful chapter, and while uh, Krishna's romantic life starts to come out in the Prakatila, right there at the, at the end of this, this 15th chapter, suddenly Balram's. Uh, Romantic life is uh, brought up for the first time, is raised for the first time, and Krishna himself phrases it. And this chapter is, is, um, begins with a, a description of Christian Balram now becoming cowherders. This occurs on Gopastami. Gopastami is the, the day in Kartik Mas when Krishna is officially made a cowherder, is given a stick, and uh, they're Required paraphernalia, there's a ceremony, the Brahmins come and bless him and uh, he feeds the cows. It's a huge, huge event. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a beautiful Sanskrit poem written by uh, Storkin at the top where the Sakharas lineage coming from Sundarananda, who was Sumal, which could be with Sudan in Krishna Lila, um, uh, expanding upon the feeling uh, and depicting the uh, Gopastami ceremony and subsequent Calvary uh, readings, uh, translation. So, um, a rare book, a rare book. It took me 20 years to find the manuscript. Um, so, so the chapter begins with. Um, Krishna's comforting and the fact that the forest is really an ecstasy now in the earth in particular because now Krishna weighs enough, having grown up, that his footprints leave impressions on the earth. <laughs> so she feels particularly blessed. It's one thing if at home he walks through a pile of yogurt that he's spilled on the floor and his mother can find his footprints. Uh, but didn't weigh enough in his Kumari to actually make an imprint on the earth. He was uh, very much pleased to have such bumpy uh, songs such, such impressions <laughs> from Krishna's uh, cavalry. And with that entrance into the forest, then Krishna begins to glorify Balaram. 
So for quite a number of verses introducing the chapter, Krishna is speaking about the glories of Balaram. And uh, at the same time he's doing that, he's speaking in somewhat in jest, in Hasya Rasa. We said that Balaram presides over Hasya Rasa, and Hasya Rasa is the best friend of Sakya Rasa, amongst the Rasas. So it has a prominent uh, role there from the secondary Rasas. When Hasya Rasa will come, or any secondary Rasa, then the primary Rasa would receive in the background and it would take over. Mm-hmm. Uh, me, and, and secondary rust, in this case, hustling or laughter, humor, a jest will, will come to the foreground. So, Krishna is speaking in Hasya Rasa, and in a sense, he's joking about how the forest is responding to Mahmurah when in fact the forest is more responding to him whom Balaram himself is putting attention on but he's a nice gentleman so he doesn't like to speak by himself unnecessarily Um, and that said in another sense he is also putting emphasis on Balaram in the midst of his cowards for a particular with a particular purpose in mind and this has to do with Krishna's romantic life. We'll get to that. But as he ends his glorification of Balaram, he ends it with a statement uh, saying that, and how fortunate are the, uh, the creepers, the gopis, uh, that they get to uh, embrace your, your chest. I suppose he's ostensibly speaking about making a garland out of some flowers and these creepers and and garlanding him. And he says that even the goddess of fortune was not able to embrace your, your chest. Of course, she wanted to embrace Krishna. So again, you see, he's actually, in a sense, talking about himself. But it said in English, the truth is said in jest. There's some truth. So, well, he kind of really talking about his own romantic life. That there's truth in jest, and Balaram does have a romantic life. And it's brought up there. And Gopi means here both creepers and obviously the Gopis themselves, milkmaid and Brudge. So um, here we find the first, as I said, reference to Balaram's um, romantic life, which hasn't happened yet. So it's kind of the forecasting um, of the. Of the uh, into the future, and even while mentioning it, Krishna is really prominently, predominantly talking about his own romantic life. And his Maharam has one too, and he's using him in this way to kind of, uh, in one sense, predict the future, and those this chapter is covering a lot of time in a short span. You have to keep up with it. So, right after the this statement is made, then embedded in the in the grammar there, Chakravartyopolis has drawn out the the uh, feeling that, that and, and I will elaborate upon this where Chakravartyopolis left off. I will expand upon the whole. And this is an expansion. The whole glorification of Balaram, in one sense, 
is for the sake of inspiring, encouraging the greater balance of the gopas, those who are sakas, those who are priya-sakas, those who are sutra-sakas, that means sakas whose sakras is mixed with dasya, sakas whose dasaratas is only sakya, whose sakras is pure sakras, and sakas whose sakras is mixed with what's all this group, these three and four. There's the four of the pre-anarma sakras. Uh, we'll get to that. But these three are the greater balance, in one sense. Of course, there's an infinite number of each, so it's hard to say um, which is more infinite. <laughs> but, uh, groups, but um, the point is, Krishna is now in the forest and has come to midday. And earlier, through the sign language of Sabal, and the shenanigans of, almost ostensibly of Madhavongo, uh, there has been communicated um, a plan for a rendezvous uh, with the gopis, then between Krishna and the gopis. Mm-hmm. So Krishna has to separate himself from the balance of the gopis. How will they let him go? So he had a glorified Balaram. Mm-hmm. And suggested, having done so in considerable measure, suggesting that I think the balance of you should stay with Balaram, and I'm going to go for a short time. I've got something to do. There's a famous astrologer that's come to town, and I would like to go and hear from him. We can't all go there. So let me take a few of you with me. The rest of you stay with Balaram. Again, he's engaged in this extraordinary glorification of Balaram. So uh, they feel confident and somewhat to be left with him while Krishna goes with his select friends who are the three arms of us who suck about this influence by Madhurya um, Rasa. So, uh, uh, so uh, this is perhaps the beginning in the entirety of the narrative of, of Krishna leaving the tenth candle but any mention of a romantic life of Krishna or Balaram. And Krishna goes directly and, and becomes involved in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the chapter, as I say, it, it, it comes out as well. Balaram is mentioned in passing and in the context of jest, but as I say, truth is said in jest. So it is a fact Balaram does have a romantic life. Mm-hmm. And all glories to those who associate with him in that way. I'll go on to say that, that our focus is somewhat uh, different at the same time. Mm-hmm. The next place I believe that the romantic life of Balaram is mentioned is in the 34th chapter of the 10th canto, when um, the Festival of Holi is performed. Now it's a popular festival called, referred to as the Festival of Colors, celebrated uh, around the world without probably much understanding of what it's about, and probably that's true in India as well. <laughs> uh, but uh, a joyous occasion, cultural and religious uh, festival. It actually uh, follows Shivaratri, hmm? 
and uh, there's many different meanings to it, uh, religious meanings and cultural meanings, we have to look at it within the broad spectrum of, of Hinduism. But it is a, um, well, in the in Bhagavatam, we find Krishna and Balaram with gopis together in the forest. Hmm? And the demons on the comes and so forth. And, but if we look carefully, we find in the Bhagavatam that Krishna and, 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 and Balaram are with the gopis along with the gopas, along with their friends. So suddenly, what might look like a romantic picture that has a parallel to Krishna's Rasalila, and Balaram's there, and Krishna's there, and the gopis are there, starts to, the, 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 the romantic atmosphere starts to become compromised by the presence of cowboy boys and their, and their youth, and they're all throwing colors at one another, shooting one another with syringes of, of colors and so forth. So it's, a, it's quite a different setting than the Rasalila, which is in the morning and dark of the night, and nobody knows. It's only Krishna, one Krishna, of course he's man, and, and it's only Gopis, and this is a full, as I say, face of Guru Rasa. So, in, in, in this instance, um, there's some mentions that, that uh, some Gopis seem to like Balaram, but nothing comes of it, and they're very young, and, um, and it's a uh, uh, not uh, developed by Sukadeva Goswami at all. I'm just going over it briefly. And then uh, later, of course, Krishna Balaram go to Matura and Dwarka, and at one point, uh, Krishna um, acquiesces to Balaram's request that he go to Vrindavan to pacify the inhabitants there, and uh, Krishna gives his blessing. It's a long and beautiful uh, story. Um, but uh, in the context of giving his blessing, he has to go back. Uh, and, uh, Krishna tells Paul, and when you're back there, you should marry those gopis. Hmm? Had Krishna not made this point, it wasn't really on Balaram's mind. What's on Balaram's mind is to go to Vrindavan and represent Krishna and, and try to pacify the, the inhabitants of Vrindavan by remembrances of him, and ultimately, as he did, giving promise that Krishna would return. Hmm? Uh, the thought is that Uddhava was sent, but he really didn't do such a good job. He was sent to deliver a message and pacify the inhabitants of Braj, but he himself was not a Braj-Basi. So. More than to pacify them, one says he was sent to learn about the love of Vrindavan that is like off the scriptural map that he was fully acquainted with and would refer to readily as Krishna's advisor in Dwarka. So it's going to be the went Uddhava was sent to get a message from the gopis. <laughs> rather than deliver one to him. In fact, the message that he read to them, when they replied back as to its meaning, it kind of blew his mind. That's what you got out of that. 
You found that in there. I didn't see that. And then he realized he was in another realm that he was unacquainted with. That was like beyond, beyond the scripture. Should you do it? part of his poetry. He walked around for a couple of months in Vrindavan, singing poems and praise of the inhabitants of Vrindavan. Bhagavan, on the other hand, of course, he's the first class that we heard. He's born in Vrindavan from Rohini and so forth. So he has better, better suited to pacify that man. This is just an old premise for his going. It has nothing to do with marriage and gopis that had a crush on him back during holy, you know, many, many years ago. Hmm? Uh, that's not on his mind, but Krishna puts it on his mind. When you're there, you should, you should tend to those, those gopis. You should marry them. And so, well, whatever, off he goes. Right, so, when he arrives in Vrindavan, then um, he meets with the different sectors. He's with the friends of Krishna, parents of Krishna, and ultimately he meets with the gopis as well. And which gopis is he meeting with? He's meeting with Krishna's gopis, not the gopis who had a crush on him during, during Holi. And now, what is the nature of the meeting? So the, the, the chapter, the whole central focus of the chapter is that Krishna is there to pacify the inhabitants of Vrindavan who are feeling separation from Krishna, to particularly speak to the gopis and give Krishna's message to them, and to represent him hmm? purely, to reflect. It's said that Malnam's in the, in, the, in the oral tradition, Balaram so accurately represented Krishna that his complexion turned black before you find some some deities, famous deities in Madhava and Tauji, he's, he's black instead of white. It, it's a deity um, uh, that represents this moment, if you will, that Krishna some uh, He's referred to there as the Vedas going by the epithet Sankarsha. Sankarsha means to draw, so can attract in this instance. They could attract and bring Krishna there. As Guru bring, represents, represents and brings Krishna here and mediates and gives the experience of Krishna and accepts service on behalf of Krishna from the disciple and it all goes Krishna. He doesn't take any gopis himself. <laughs> That's not allowed. Right? So, uh, so here we find Malcolm in, in, in a similar role, and he so much represents them. In, in that again, he's, 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 he's or the oral tradition is of like his complexion turning black. Like, so he's like that moment, hmm? that moment to believe, hmm? and, and, and serve that. So, again, in the epithet, Sankarshan is what you, how, how it's referred to, and, and in the text there, we find him, uh, which, is, which has some, uh, uh, in, which implies that the gopis had some respect for him. Mm-hmm. So, that's of course an interesting point with regard to Gurtav also, because Guru is the representative of Krishna, and we want to relate with Krishna as a friend or as a lover, still uh, uh, 
we don't relate to the guru in that way, but as a teacher. And um, so the gopis related to Balaram with some respect. Not how they would relate to Krishna, but they were the elder brother of Krishna. And yes, he's representing them. They can feel his presence, but they have, in the grammar we find, they have regard for Balaram. And Balaram, in the text we can see, also has regard for them. The Jiva Swami said that Balaram has parental feelings for Radha. Hmm? Mentioned this in Bhagavad Gita. So there are no romantic feelings of Balaram for Krishna's gopis. At that time, Balaram promises Radha's gopis that he will, you can take my hope, but Krishna will return. I'll make sure that he comes back. Hmm? And Jiva Goswami explains that. Radharani accepted that he'll bring him back. So, alright. Buddha mm-hmm. couldn't bring him here, but you said here, but you probably said, we'll we, we take his word for it. We feel his presence practically. We, we, we respect your, your statement. But, having said that, Radharani says, there, there's something else going on. Mm-hmm. And that is that. All this time that you have been gone, Balaram, some friends of mine have been living in, in, a, in an emaciated condition, hmm, hoping for your return. Hmm? Some other gopis, they're not here tonight. You're not even talking to them. Hmm? These are the ones that Krishna said, and you should marry those gopis. Right? Hmm? So you haven't even remembered what Krishna said yet. He's talking to Krishna's gopis. Radharani reminds him. These other gopis, they, they, they never deviated in their uh, ambition to have you as, as their husband. And uh, so my request is that you uh, satisfy their desire. So Radharani responds, he says, Yes, I, I can do that, but let me first get the permission of Nandi Maharaj. And, and, and other elders. So, at every step, there's some hesitation, and it's really, uh, it's kind of an anti-climatic um, section of that chapter in the Bhagavatam, where that marriage actually takes place at Rangat, and Balaram is off with, the, with his own gopis. He engages in a, what we might call a, um, what is the term? Gandharva marriage. No one's invited. <laughs> there's, there's no big festival announcement, celebration. Man, marriage is a big thing, right? Especially uh, in that, that culture. There's no, there's no announcement. He's doing it on the side. And in the context of doing it, he shows extraordinary Aishwari as well with regard to uh, the Jamunas, but unwillingness to, to to move over to where he is and he drags her and, and so he, he, he manifests his, his plow and this is a side of Balaram's majesty that is moving away from the intimacy 
that we find in him as the kind friend of Krishna. Mm-hmm. Again, I think I mentioned the other way, the other day that Bhagavan Sarsatapurus commented on this in his commentary of Chaitanya Bhagavad. Vrindavan uh, Das refers to this as the Rasalila of, of Balaram. Mm-hmm. The, the reason he makes this point, Vrindavan um, uh, Das, is he wants to emphasize the divinity of Balaram. So, if you say that Krishna is Bhagavan because he has a Rasalina, Balaram is not, he said, well, Balaram has a Rasalina too. He's also God, he wants to make this point. And this was an important point to Gaurali that Gaur himself made repeatedly. Nityananda is not from Balaram, is God. Nityananda is God, Nityananda is God. Again and again, he showed his devotees that they, so that they would respect him and not bring ruination upon themselves and their body by disrespecting Nityananda, which, as I mentioned earlier, also happened to Krishna's Kaviraj Swami's brother. brother. Hmm? So, Vrindamadas, in the very beginning of Chaitanya Bhagavad, is making an emphasis on this. The divinity of Nityananda Rama, who is the Andrayama, the inner the Lord of his heart, is Ishtadevata, holding the right Chaitanya Bhagavad and so forth. But it's really a poor excuse for a Rasaleva also. A little better than the Holy Festival, but um, he's showing his. His uh, Aishwari is divinity there, at least God, and he's, he's dragging the Jumuna with his plow and, and so on and so forth. Of course, he's intoxicated, um, so he's not himself. Uh, <laughs> either he has to get drunk to go through it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so, on the side, somewhere, after, the whole chapter is about Balaram bringing a message from Krishna to the inhabitants of Vrindavan and the Gopis in particular on the side of Balaram gets married and to who? Hmm? The anonymity, anonymity of his wives in Braj is an important point to us because if we are to enter into the Braj Lila, how will we do that? What is the way? It is a way, it is, it is a following. Anubhakti, rak anubha. Anubha means to follow. So you have to have someone to follow. Hmm? So in Sakharas we have the primary figures, Subal, Shingam, and so forth, so Krishna. In Vatsalyas, Yatananda, Jashoda, and so forth, and then Madhuya, Salita, Vashaka, Upamanjari. Who we follow? We want to become one of Balaram's wives. <laughs> we don't know her name. It's an unknown. So as I said the other day, it's like if there was a hero and a heroine, and the hero had a best friend and in the movie, and he's also married, but nobody knows who she is, or maybe she comes in once or something, and, uh, and she doesn't. She's not even nominated for some best supporting actor. She's hardly. In the, in the picture. It means to say, again, if we began with all glories of Balaram's wives, <laughs> that, that, that this is an aspect of Balaram's Leela and the Brush Leela that is in the background, that is part of a, a setting that facilitates sadhakas like ourselves entering into the Leela through the windows of opportunity that the Sundaraya 
makes available through lower and, and for some um, almost as a byproduct of promoting Madhurya Rasa uh, ca- uh, catching the uh, contagious mob of Nityananda and following through uh, the window of uh, Sakyarati so uh, I'm just going through this very briefly because we kind of talked about it to some extent already these are, these are the primary Leaders where Ramana's frenetic life is mentioned, and as we can see, it's not the primary focus by any measure. Again, I, I was saying about the son when we finished that, he has referred to that uh, relationship between Balarama and his gopis as Mariyala. Mariyala means Bhakti, it's another word for Vaidhi Bhakti. Whereas uh, Krishna's romance with the gopis, this is Raghunuga, and Balarama's romance with Krishna <laughs> he has a romance more than a romance so it's called Samman and Gopi's love for Krishna is common now again we we'll just conclude this with some mention of Ramananda Manjari because of the Shakti expansion of Krishna of Balaram um, and some people have very poorly reasoned in the name of theology that just as Krishna wanted to taste Radha's love, so Balaram wanted to taste Ananda Manjari's love, therefore Nityananda was come to earth to taste Manjari Brahman. So this is a not good theology hmm, at all. is not the, the romantic partner of Krishna, of Balaram, excuse me. She is the younger sister of Radharani. She's absorbed in Madhurya Rasa for Krishna and arguably for, for Radha and Krishna. Um, and she's really not a Manjari, only a Manjari in name. Therefore, she has, there are instances in which she has direct uh, intimacy with Krishna which is a, the absence of which is a distinct and distinguishing characteristic of Manjari Bhava that's uh, brought up in Chaitanya's very complete as, as Krishnadasas go into the sadhya the goal, the highest ideal he mentions the sakis he doesn't use the word Manjari and maybe it's a later uh, word um, in Chaitanya's very he used the word sakis which means female friends here but he says, one thing about them is that they have no desire to associate intimately with Krishna. So if you understand the teaching, you know, this reference to Radha's handmaids, just their speciality, which that comes out in the works of the, uh, the Vasamamis. It is the math. Really, there's math to that. I mean, in other words, they, there's a calculation of sorts. That, that will be the best way to please Krishna. Mm-hmm. If I had direct union with Krishna, I could not possibly draw from him as much as Radha could. Mm-hmm. Therefore, rather than trying to draw reciprocation from him directly, why don't I serve Radha, who's drawing more than anyone else from him? And as a, as, as, a, as a result of my identification with her father in every respect, 
and through service of that Baba, then I will experience what she experiences. This is especially out of the course But anyway, I'm not Jari, not particularly a Mujari, Saki. And has a romantic life with, uh, uh, with Krishna. Hmm? And uh, she gets, she's one with Balaram in Tantra as much as the Shakti is one with the Shakti Mon being dependent upon, so the energy is dependent upon the energetic. The heat and light are dependent upon the fire, therefore they're one. But there's a difference in Balaram, the difference in Balaram between Manjari and Balaram is uh, significant. Hmm? Um, so, of course, when Balaram comes to the world as Nityananda then he does um, eventually, and we can extend the point, he does eventually marry, hmm, which is at a later stage in life, and only at the order of Lord Krishna. This is Balaram only married because Krishna said he should marry those girls. So in Gorlita, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu tells Balaram, Nityananda to go back to Bengal and get married and then circulate amongst the household of people like one of them and deliver Bengal. So he does. And, and Kavi Kanapur has described um, Janami Devi as an incarnation of Anunga Manjari in Devati, who is his wife in Dwaraka, so other affair, right? Which is certainly not Rob Mark um, side of Balaram either. So there in Gorlila, again, and we went into this to some extent yesterday, where we find the Dinanaka as as Balaram was doing in Krishna is assisting Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in uh, his distribution of, of Gopi Bhav. In, he's more directly involved there. But Balaram, he's involved, but he's involved by getting out of the way, so to speak, so that it, it, it can happen. Mm-hmm. So, a few points um, from the sacred texts themselves to substantiate this um, and make clear the picture and the focus of Balaram in, 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 in Krishna Buddha from the point of view of the Gaudiya Sambhadaya. With that said, we have a very, uh, we're very fortunate to be members of the Gaudiya Sambhadaya and members of the Parivara Bhakti Vantapur. Parivara is a nice word used to refer to the lineage or line of coming from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's associates, so you have the Nityananda Parivar, you have the uh, Gadadha Parivar, Adrita um, Parivar. Um, so the family of devotees connected to these principal associates, uh, there is um, these, these lineages were started by the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the Goswamis of the state of Panchatattva, and so forth. So we have these, as uh, Jiva Goswami says, the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu started his own Sampradaya and many streams of that in, in the world. 
coming from his principal associates. So, when Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur's young disciples were out and about, when they were asked, which putty bar are you associated with, they weren't sure how to answer. Um, maybe it hadn't been brought up or thought of in that way, but uh, at the same time, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati would receive Haridam, which, uh, the, the blessing to chant Haridam from Bhakti Thakur. Today we're going to give the blessing to chant Haridam. This is an important thing. Um, uh, yeah, anyone can chant, that's true. Um, but, if in, if, if in, but if in the context of our chanting, we don't understand from the chanting the value and the necessity to um, engage in such uh, Krishna bhakti, kirtan is Krishna bhakti, um, along with guru bhakti, then we risk making offense. It is an offense to the name to disregard the guru. So if we think, I don't need a guru, I just chant. We are disregarding the guru. Some people think like that. We need a guru. We just chant. And they imagine, of course, that they have some guru of the past, the Purvacharya. Hmm? Purvacharyas are important and they can help us in every We should pray to them. They can't help us in the way that a present Acharya can. Purvacharya cannot replace the role of the present Acharya. Purva means previous. So we need a present Acharya as the Purvacharya is involved in and um, if we disregard the guru, the principle of guru, then this is not mantra. So it's important that in our, our chanting, this should come to light. And we can think, I've got this method, and I, I might even be finding some results. So I, I won't, it's possible you can hear it and chant. And I first received the mantra on the back of a pack of incense. In California, and uh, on the back of the pack of incense, said, "Chant this mantra, and your life will be sublime." So I began chanting. I didn't know about the Hare Krishna movement, and so forth. Um, I began chanting. I would chant it always in my mind, <laughs> and so forth. But of course, I wanted to follow. Where does it come from? You know, how does it work? And, get some instruction about it and so on. This is very natural, right? Mm-hmm. So to find a guru is, is very important to be to all of us to find good guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yes, it's said that Harinam is independent of Diksha. Because Harinam is Christian himself, he can do whatever he wants. But, I said, what does he do? Hmm? <laughs> he can do whatever he wants, that's the point. What does he do? He makes himself known, reveals himself through those sadhus who are representing him, and blessing others to chant the name, and giving them diksha also, which, uh, diksha mantra, diksha mantra, which will help them to take advantage of Allah. Hmm? 
So we give the blessing to chant Hare Krishna, to, to chant Mahamantra, Mahamantra, under the guidance of the Guru. This is how we are going to um, derive the best uh, possible results. You're going to also get Nam Shristam. You're going to get a conception of, of the name coming from the heart of the Guru as he uh, or she speaks the mantra into your ear and so forth and, and sends it to your, to your heart. You can speak it in the right ear and with his finger in the left ear so it doesn't, doesn't go out there. Yes, they have that kind of trajectory. From heart to heart, the ear and the tongue, these are just vehicles, but it's a heart to heart uh, transmission. Mm-hmm. So, at any rate, Pakistan starts off with receiving the blessing of chant, Krishnanam, from Bhaktivinathapa. Bhaktivinathapa asks him to take the ship and go to Shodasamajamaj. So, all the hate issues and all kinds of people like to talk about, think about, and think they understand and know about. This is, these are events that took place um, more than a hundred years ago. And uh, there's not a lot of recorded actual, factual, historical information about all of it. You can pick something here, you can hear something there. Bhakti Siddhanta didn't like Bhakti Bihari Goswami, Diksha Guru of Bhakti Vinod. But to actually, I mean, please, I mean, you actually understand historically what happened and all the details is absolutely impossible. Hmm? So to get on your computer pulpit and pronounce exactly what happened and why Bhakti Siddhanta was not bona fide or why he is or what not in relation to this is it's really a waste of time. Palena Parajita, we judged by the by the result. Bhakti Siddhanta was 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 given the the world stage, so to speak, uh, concern about to be known to take and do something with. I mean, that's pretty much undeniable. There is a letter to that effect from Bhakti Vinod to Bhakti Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. There are some. There are some. Uh, you told me years ago, there are some biographical notes of Bhakti Siddhanta that we found that shed light on his relationship with Bhikkhu Bihari Goswami that's in in uh, that contradicts some of the mythological stories about his disrespect for him and so forth. Mm-hmm. So um have had some differences. There's a place for that. He was a great soul but he said also talking have amongst great souls there are some differences But at any rate, um, then Bhakti Vinod Thakur wanted <laughs> that, that's pretty clear <laughs> from the historical record, that Bhakti Siddhanta take initiation, take picture from Gorkashore. Hmm? So some people say that, but you didn't get picture from Gorkashore. Hmm? Well, I don't know, it's, that's an interesting conjecture, but there's a number of things to say about that. Um, and there are some historical evidence to the contrary, but one of the things is that, that Bhakti Vinod wanted it. That's pretty powerful. Because Gorkashore Prabhupada had a lot of respect for Bhakti Vinod, of course. He used to go and hear Bhagavad 
the Bhagavatam discourses of of, of Bhakti and they were were, uh, closely associated. He wanted some say Vikshu Gorbachev who was like somewhat oblivious to external affairs and rather unorthodox in his behavior and so forth and um, questionable whether he gave initiation anyway, rather simple about following and so on and so forth um, but uh, and, and, and on the other hand you had moral character was, it was impeccable he was desired by so many people to join their group because of his moral character and scholarship and, and, and so forth um, who himself he testified that, that what impressed him about Borkishore was that he was the one person who was uninterested in all of his assets the assets material assets of Bakhisadamu were desirable by many groups and persons and Gorbachev had no interest in when he experienced that then he really understood he had compelling kind of evidence for moving in the direction of the request of Bhaktivinoda and I think it's undeniable that Bhaktivinoda had connection with Gorbachev and some say well if he did how come he didn't get the Diksha Patra the letter that says you're initiated into the Atlanta party bar and these are the siddhas if you think they're siddhas in, 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 in the line so forth these are details, formalities some people ask you know let's take our Bhakti Vilas I think Sanatana um, Goswami gives several ways in which the diksha can be performed you can rise early, take a bath in the sacred river before sunrise and so many things or then a modified form or a modified form from that or just share the mantra that's what you're going to so uh, at different times at different places, different conventions different details may be introduced incorporated um, for uh, um, the, uh, the sharing and transmission of the, of, of the mantra which is the essence the heart uh, of uh, addiction they can be altered they can be changed and a person like Gorbachev was rather orthodox in everything he did hmm? there's uh, uh, I mean he would take like raw plants and offer them and then eat them hmm? um, hard to follow that example <laughs> and many many, many stories you, you know somebody familiar with the unorthodox behavior of Gorbachev so that he would give an unorthodox version of initiation does not, <laughs> not, not stretch hmm? um, and for his whole life Pakistan starts to talk about revered Gorbachev that's probably some of his disciples met uh, Gorbachev Keshav Marsh met uh, Gorbachev as Babaji Marsh and he Babaji Marsh shared with Keshav Marsh the disciple of Pakistan um uh, in words, his affection for the Thakur of the Sanatul Sarsu. So, at any rate, and the results are there that he started a great mission that uh, we're all somewhat, somewhat uh, connected with, whether we like it or not. You know, one time, it's funny to think about, but I was once in Vrindavan 
and in shop. Um, and so I think getting something for a deity or, or something like that. And the shopkeeper, um, who of course I know, know, knew for years and whatnot, he said, So Marsh, which temple are you with now? And I said, I'm not in this company. And he said, oh, everybody in this company. <laughs> I said, yeah, I guess that's true too. <laughs> I'm not in this company. <laughs> Can't escape it. <laughs> it was a good thing, so there's some, some truth to that. It's the International Society for Krishna Hobbes. It's a big idea, probably a big idea. And it included all of you, don't I'm happy to have a few guys sitting behind the computer say you're not included. Don't don't, don't take that uh, too seriously. I was telling you the other day we were walking that that every 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 when Prabhupada come to the temple and then we, in the morning after the Mongolarti the GBC or somebody the temple president would make an announcement that Prabhupada's going on a walk this morning, only the GBC and Sanyasis can go. That was his they were trying to manage it like that. And once Prabhupada invited me on the walk, then after that I didn't know whether, whether they you know, made that announcement or not. I was always there. And Prabhupada talked to me and <laughs> recognized me, and they couldn't do anything about it. They couldn't touch me. And I saw, I had a number of experiences with Prabhupada overriding, if you will. The rules. So if the rules say you're not members. Uh, you don't have to listen too much. The rules are that's appropriate. So, uh, at any rate, uh, had connection both with the Nityananda Parivar, coming from Janava, Bhaktivinoda Thakur's Diksha line, and the Diksha line of uh, Gorkishore. Which is said to be an Advaita Purivar. And so his students would ask, what, what, What's your Purivar? They weren't sure how to answer. So when they asked Bhakti Siddhanta, What did he say? He said, You tell them that you're in the Bhakti Vinod Purivar. Which is a, kind of peculiar in a way because, as I said, these lineages begin in one sense with the eternal associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, like Adar, Srivas, and Rupa Goswami, and here's Bhakti Vinod coming hundreds of years, 400 years later. How can it be the Bhakti Vinod Parivar? Well, it's not an unprecedented um, idea because we have the Narutam Parivar, we have the Shamananda Parivar, for example. Shamananda, Narutam Thakur, they weren't directly, uh, they weren't present at the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But they played a prominent role. Uh, the guru of Narthantapa was Lokanath Goswami, one of the original Goswamis that was sent by Mahaprabhu, like Rupa Sananda, to Vrindavan to excavate the places of Krishna's pastimes. Very important person, he only had one disciple, was Narthantapa, who had a hard time, because only made the story, becoming the disciple of Lokanath Goswami. But Narthantapa's work was extensive, and so, uh, it stood out. His canvassing uh, throughout uh, India and Manipur in particular, his style of kirtan and so forth, many, many uh, poems that he wrote, probably to say that the, the uh, abstract and esoteric 
Vedic wisdom is all fully there in poems, simple Bengali poems of Narayan Thakur. They're rich. Uh, Gorbachev was said to be illiterate, we mentioned him earlier, but he was found to be always carrying the, um, what is the book of Narayan Thakur? Um, with it wherever he went. Book of Songs and Arts and Um expressions in his heart. Uh, so so his lineage in which Vishnachakri Thakur comes is now referred to as the Lokanath Paribar. Lokanath was the associate of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It's referred to as the Narta Paribar. Shamananda, of course, was the disciple of of Hridai Chaitanya, who was a disciple of Goridas Pandit, who was Subal in Krishna Lila, and direct, direct, direct associate of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu So he's three um, removed, one, two generations. Well, there's Goridas, Hridai Chaitanya, then Duki Krishnadas, who became Shamananda. But because, not, of, not because of the external um, prominence in terms of a campaign for outreach and sharing the teachings, as in the case of Naratam, but for internal reasons, which were peculiar, extraordinary. Um, Duki Krishna also became then uh, Shamananda. His lineage is not referred to as the Goridas Paribar, but as the Shamananda Paribar. So, there may be other examples as well. So, Bhaktivinoda Thakur made a very extraordinary uh, contribution. Really, the contribution of Bhaktivinoda Thakur is such that all of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, all the lineages of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, have gotten life from his work. This is undeniable. Not only that, as they said the other day, all the other Sampradayas have also gotten some life from the Parivar or from the lineage coming through Bhaktivinoda Thakur, who um, was empowered to interface with the modern world in a way that it had really never been done uh, before. And in doing that, he took some liberties. He took some liberties, uh, as did Bhaktisiddhanta with regard to convention and adjusting details, and even some liberties, a couple of liberties philosophically as well. Mm-hmm. Great people can do, can do extraordinary things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Preaching strategists is about being no talker, they may have their shelf life may have been exhausted by now, that's another thing, but they were effective in their times. And you have to look at his persona and everything, and everything else he's done and then understand those strategies accordingly, rather than judging by a strategy that you think doesn't make sense because now you're living 100 years later and it doesn't make sense. <laughs> so, um, so, so, Bhakti Siddhartha's idea, an idea that's, this is the Bhakti Vinod part of it, it's a very charming idea, and it's compelling, and it's, uh, it, it seems to be something that was also, in a sense, recognized in the, in the religious, but uh, in the religious community, uh, that, for example, uh, who, who was it uh, who referred to him in writing as the uh, Seventh Goswami, mm-hmm. um, editor of the paper in Calcutta, I believe, 
So anyway, stuck seventh Goswami, and he's worked parallels to Goswamis who excavated the Vrindavan, the place of Krishna's pastimes. Moon did more to excavate the place of, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes than Bhakti Vinoda. Bhakti Vinoda really put my work on the world map, and, and later in his body bar, my brother, probably put Vrindavan on the map. In fact, they named the road from Delhi. When the road from, from Delhi comes to Vrindavan, then the road into Vrindavan in 1975, when I took sannyas at the opening of the Krishna Balaram Temple, the whole town of Vrindavan named the road Bhaktivedanta Marg. Hmm? I mean, you don't know how celebrated Prabhupada was in Vrindavan. He was so celebrated in Vrindavan amongst all the shopkeepers. He made them all wealthy. <laughs> Selling tilak and beads and mukuts and dresses for deeds and so forth. I mean, he was so popular amongst all that whole Vaishya uh, community there. Um, and the Brahmins came to accept him at the time as well. He was quite charming, Prabhupada. And his Krishna Balaram temple was, was uh, the opening was a a big, big, big affair. Every big dignitary, religious dignitary in Vrindavan was present for that. It was like three, four, five, I don't know what, how many day affair. The installation of Krishna Bharam, the opening of the temple. I took some house in Prabhupada just, just after it, it opened, and before Krishna Bharam. Um, so, uh, this lineage coming from Bhagavad obviously, it, it has predecessors, but to call it the Bhaktivinoda Party, it makes uh, sense, and it's not unprecedented, as I say, unprecedented, as I say. So, we are following in this uh, dignified line, which has its uniqueness, its unique contribution. And one of its characteristics, I think, is, is this has this penchant for outreach and sharing, explaining the teachings in a contemporary way, and so on and so forth. And, not everybody has to do that, not everybody will, but we do. And it's a service that we do. It also serves to nourish some of these other lineages. If someone comes here and hears from me and gets inspired, and, and then, uh, and then eventually wants to get initiated somewhere else, we you know, just give them a ticket and celebrate that. It's great to go there. Nourish that image that we don't mind. So we we are a service to all the all the ages and to the people in general, trying to share Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching and bring the dignity to it that it deserves by giving it some recognition and honor. Contemporary uh, world of thought, science, and philosophy it has much to offer. So it's a peculiarity of us. And, and it's not, this, this is a broader idea, but it's not at the cost of any death. Mm-hmm. Our outreach is not at the cost of understanding the depth of the possibilities and the potential that's found in, through the dispensation of war and the We want to go to the very heart of voting Vaishnavism. And then we want to try to explain it to the common man, which requires an awful lot of thought concentration 
and absorbing the mind, hmm, which is uh, the whole uh, the center of, of yoga, if you will. Hmm. And so, Kirtana Prabhavi Swaramasuvara, this is a nice thing. By the power of Kirtana, this smarana will rise naturally. In all the heart has to be cleansed as a smarana. You can't do meditation with an with a, with a impure heart. You can do kirtan and it will purify your heart. And it will give rise to meditation naturally. That's my practical experience. You can't underestimate don't dare to. The power of the holy name will make offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was Mahaprabhu's method, also. So, so we emphasize in that way, and, um, and we are uh, very fortunate, we feel, to be humble uh, and simple members of the great Mahaprabhu. So some of you feel the same way, and so we are then. Uh, Forced to honor that, if you will. Uh, and, and if by the Siksha share, one's heart becomes captured, then they will capture the person who is giving it the heart from which the Siksha is coming. Right? You understand? If, uh, if we give Siksha and your heart is captured, then you'll say, your heart is affected me now, I can't go anywhere else. I have to make my stand here, and so this is the way love works. This is the law of attraction. The law of attraction. So we're, we're running on. We're all attracted to Krishna, but making ocha to us through the medium of Guru Parampara. We respond to that, and Guru Parampara has to take notice and honor your sincere desire, and then help you to understand what, you're, what, you, what you sign on for here. So as you go forward, be prepared over the years to what you thought Krishna consciousness was. It's different than that. <laughs> or it's more than that. It's a lot more than that. It's that and something more. And that will go on forever. So in this school, you and I, all of us, we are all students forever. So it's the nature of the subject. Our, our God, Krishna, is trying to figure himself out. Right? The nature of the brain is that it's full and ever-expanding at the same time. So these are very funny ideas. <laughs> That uh, meant to take us beyond that which lies between our ears. And by way of using that, also, the head, to soften our heart. You, you know, we are accustomed to thinking that we know by thought, by intelligence. There are many, many ways of knowing that, um, that uh, can be arrived at without. Any, any measure of intelligence for human brain, even you find it even in animals, they have ways of knowing that don't involve a brain or same kind of brain, a sophisticated brain, or the, the brain that can, can engage in logic 
let's say. Hmm? So don't be attached to the idea that knowing is derived from uh, knowledge or logic or reason, that reason can weigh in conclusively on any particular issue. Hmm? There, there are other ways of knowing, and they may be more comprehensive. So ours is a transrational way of knowing. It's not irrational, but it picks up where reason leaves off. Therefore, reason is only valuable when it serves the, the, the argument of revelation. And so, gradually, you have to learn, as far as reason goes, to reason, that we call, like, Shaskiyu. When you get some feeling for this, and you can reason according to support your faith. Reason is not a, 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 to, to uh, faith is an active thing. Reason is kind of inactive. It's kind of a fence sitting there. You can sit on the fence and analyze whether the grass on one side is greener or the grass on the other side is greener. But unless you jump on it, take a bite, it's a cow. You would never know. So, <laughs> so now you're going. You're using. Hopefully, I'm making this point. Hopefully, you use your reason come to the point of knowing that it's only going to take you so far and the reason you need guidance and help to take advantage of these two syllables, Krishna. That's what Guru Goswami says, that actually, through the pen of Guru Goswami, Purnamasi says, and the uh, promise of Guru Goswami, Tunde, Tundali, Oh, what a problem I have. Hmm? That uh, with these two syllables, Krishna, hmm, then I cannot take advantage of the nectar, the bliss contained in these two syllables. Uh, when I chant, I wish that I had thousands of tongues and thousands of ears to take advantage of this. When that name dances in the courtyard of my heart, my senses become inert, they, they become incapable of relating to sense objects in the way that they did previously for their own satisfaction. Hmm? So this is, in a way, this is a, this is a good prayer uh, for the Guru. Oh, I need more tongues, I need more ears to take advantage of this Christian mom. Can you help me? Can you give me your tongue? Can you give me your ears? Hmm? And I will share this sound with you. And we will together try to take advantage of that, understand what it is, and talk about it, what happened, what is it like, how did it affect you? Hmm? And we see, oh, what's happening, it's happening in these books. People say it happens, it's happening to us, and new things are happening. And then we have new books. Hmm? So we need help. This is a big problem. Hmm? Will you help me? I'd like to have. Will you help me?